Ready? Go. Hey everyone, it's Heather Whaley. Frank Whaley. This is Tuesday, October 27th. This is episode 18 of our fourth season. And that awesome. was not a sound effect. That was actually me scatting. Nice scatting. I liked it. Mm. Cheers to you. It's uh, like a scat Tuesday. Sort of like Fat Tuesday. Right. But not. Um, remember the time you tried to poison me? I never tried to poison you. You accused me of trying to poison you because you had lost your mind. Right. You you tried to poison me. And, well, I've since that happened, since that occurred, I've I've always been, um, I, I, I prick up my ears. My ears prick up, which is an odd phrase. Yeah. Prick up. Does Doesn't have anything to do with prick. It yeah. means like perk. Perk up, I but think. Why, so why don't they say perk up? Why do they say prick up? I don't know. I always thought when I first heard, like, prick up your ears, I always thought, like, they became erect. Prick up your ears is the movie about Joe, Joe Orton. Orton. Right. But also, prick up your ears, is, is not, that wasn't the original, the origination of the phrase, prick up your ears. Prick no. up your ears is, a, is like, you, you hear something. You think pricking up your ears would be like adding in a lot of extra earring holes. I, Prick, I, pricking I, him up. I, I always thought I always equated prick with penis becoming erect. So you're putting one of those in your ear. No, but your ears prick up when they hear something, so they get oh. become erect. Oh, oh, that's gross. Yeah. What if every time you got aroused, your ears got really ew, hard? Ew, 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 ew. So as I was saying, ever since you tried to poison me, some I don't know was that eighteen years ago when you tried to poison mm-hmm. me. Um. Via veggie chicken salad sandwiches. Mm-hmm. I but remember. Anyway, those of you who remember that will understand that since then, I'm, I'm intrigued by stories about spouses trying to poison their, their spouses. Okay. Like, like the, and so I was reading about this woman her, in, in early June. This woman, her name is Teresa Michaels, was preparing to leave on a weekend trip from Arizona to California with her husband and three kids. When six detectives showed up at her door, um, and that's when they informed me, she says, that my husband was plotting to kill me. Dallas Michaels, 42, allegedly wanted to kill his wife because he was engaged in a long-term affair and wanted to collect money on her life insurance policy. Mm, that's, all, that's always the way. Authorities allege he was trying to obtain fentanyl a prescription opioid, opioid more potent than morphine with the intent to poison her drink. Oh, my God. That's how Michael Jackson died. That's what he was taking. Right. Investigators say it's like horse tranquilizer, right? Yeah, it's, like, it's really strong. Investigators say they were tipped to the alleged plot by an unidentified woman who claimed that Dallas mentioned his plan to her several times over six months and wanted this, the woman's help to obtain the drug ahead of his family's California trip. With that the would be of, the girlfriend. Not necessarily. Let's continue. With the goal of doing it then. Said police, he was arrested and remains jailed without bond in Maricopa County on charges that include premeditated first-degree murder, use of electronic communication, and a drug trans- transaction. I would add one one more crime to that: being a stupid moron. If you're gonna, you didn't you didn't tell anybody you were trying to poison me. So in front you had of the, the perfect kids, crime. in front of the kids, they're packing up the car, and the police show up. They're going on a trip. 
I mean, I'm just imagining the scene. They're like, you know, it's that that whole frantic thing of when you're trying to get ready to go yeah. and there's always last minute stuff. And you're yeah. everybody's annoyed, but a little bit excited because you're going on a trip. Right. Did and then the police the show up. Did they arrest him? Yeah, they took him into custody. And was she like, whoa, 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 what are you doing? What are you doing? This is the worst kind of betrayal, Teresa told Phoenix TV station KTVK. He was so desperate to get me out of the picture. She further told the outlets that the woman with whom Dallas was having an affair, who Teresa now knows, was engaged to Dallas without knowing he was married. This guy's a oh, scoundrel and a half. A bastard. She says that he lied to her just like he lied to me. What does this guy look like? Is he handsome? No, he, he's, he kind of looks... He looks like sort of a... Oh, he's a doofus. He kind of looks like a chubby, less cute um, version of Jim from The Office. He's a, he's a doofus. So they arrested him after setting up a sting with the aid of the woman from whom he allegedly tried to buy the drug. According to police, he, they, have, uh, they have cell phone texts between Dallas and the female where he confirmed he was doing, going to California on a family trip and was going to do it. By do it mean poison his wife. Um, and uh, evidently, he, um, he admitted to speaking to the female about killing his wife, though he insisted he was more interested in killing himself. Oh, my God. Well, do it, Dallas. Do um, us all a favor. I guess he um, got into debt because he has a karate studio. And um, I don't know, he doesn't look like a karate guy to me at all. I can imagine, like, his karate studio going under because I'm not taking karate lessons from this chubsy-wubsy. Anyway, oh, I man. can relate. I can relate to her pain because when I found out that you were trying to poison me with those sandwiches, I was very, I felt very betrayed and confused because I thought we were in You love. didn't even have any life insurance at that time. That's why it's so confusing. What were you going to do? I wasn't poisoning you. I've told you that. It's all in your head. Well, I, I would like to say uh, to those people out there, check your sandwiches. If, even, no matter how close you are with your wife, no matter how much you think they're not trying, they would never stoop to such a low as to poison you with a, check a sandwich. Check your drinks. There's got to be a way to acquire poisons without having to, like, ask somebody. I mean, this guy's, this guy's a moron. This guy's... Not only did he tell his girlfriend, but then... No, he didn't tell his girlfriend. Oh, he didn't tell his girlfriend, but he's also blabbing to some, some other woman about it. But he it. didn't tell his girlfriend that he was married with children. Yeah. He got engaged. He got on one knee and said, will you marry me? And she by was the like, way, oh I'm God. also... I'm, by the way, I'm already... I'm still... I'm already married and I have children, but don't worry, because I'm, 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 I got a line on some fentanyl. I'm going to poison her while we take a trip from California, uh, from Arizona to California. It's a long story. But will you marry me? That's the worst proposal in the history of proposals right there. Oh, I was uh, looking at TikTok the other day, and there was this woman who did like a history TikTok, and she showed a picture of this woman, and she said, this is so-and-so, whatever her name is. She lived in Italy in the 16th century when women were not allowed to like own property or anything like that. And this woman was really good at chemistry, and she developed a poison that was so powerful, just a few drops could kill a person instantly, and it would be undetectable. And she sold it in, like, uh, cosmetics bottles to women so they could kill their husbands. And they say she killed hundreds of people. See, this scares me, because you're, like, telling me excitedly about this story, and you say you never had a mind to poison me. Well, but you're not a bastard who beats me. I imagine that these women were killing their bastard husbands. They had no means of divorcing them or whatever. Not this guy. This this Peters. His wife seemed like a perfect saint. Well, that's different. That I'm talking about women who poison their deadbeat husbands. Yeah, but women also and men poison their, their husbands and wives for the life insurance. Yeah. 
Let me just say to you folks out there, let this be my proof. I'm saying if I'm, if I'm poisoned with the chicken sandwich or other, the vegetarian chicken sandwich or otherwise. What if this is used against me? What if you die? What if you die of like natural causes? Like something happens, you have a stroke or heart attack and you die. And then this right here podcast is played in court to have me put away for murder. Detectives show up here. You with your new spouse? People are calling. All the the listener the listener calls the police. I got a hot tip because there's like some sort of reward, and then instead of the life insurance going to our children, the life insurance goes to whoever this listener is who called in the hot tip because you're telling people I'm going to kill you. Now I need you to say that that I never actually tried to kill you, Frank. If this woman that's on this mic right now opens up a karate studio and I die of poisoning, detectives come and get her. We'll be right back. If I die of natural causes, don't come and arrest her. Thank you. Thank you. Um, but if there's chicken, salad, vegetarian, or otherwise involved, pump my stomach. Check it out. So it's Halloween, Halloween season. And it's a time where people tell horror stories. And Now, I, by horror, are you talking about the, the horror, like spooky horrors or prostitutes? Just, just go, uh, this, I'm going to tell you something that happened. It's a true story, and it's absolutely horrific. Okay. Horrific. Okay. There's a man. His name is Leonard Shoulders. First of all, I'm so sorry, Mr. Shoulders, that that's your name. Leonard Shoulders uh, lives in New York City. He was waiting for a bus. Leonard he, Shoulders? Yep. That's, a, that's awful. Uh, he was waiting for a bus, and he fell into a sinkhole, which is pretty scary, right? Yeah. But at the bottom of this sinkhole, which was like a 12 to 15-foot plummet, was a swarm of rats. Oh, man. It says he couldn't move, and the rats were crawling all over him. He didn't scream because he didn't want the rats going into his mouth. Jesus. I would have screamed anyway. He's traumatized. The rats down there were ridiculous. They were so big. I would have screamed with my mouth closed. It took half an hour to rescue him. Man. I know. Where was this? In New York City. What street? Uh, I don't know. stay off that street. I mean, god damn. What the hell is a sinkhole doing in the middle of New York City? And who do you sue? I, I, I don't know who you would sue. I mean, you would sue the city, I guess, right? Where did you read this? This is in Huffington Post. They don't tell you what street? Is there a photograph? It, uh, there's a, let's see if this is, there's something that I clicked on. Um, see the accident below. It's from the da- New York Daily Daily News. I thought the Daily News didn't exist anymore. I guess they don't have a, um, you know, a, a like a, ta- what is it called? A paper paper? Right. Hard it's only p- online. No, they have a newspaper. Yeah. It, oh, Jesus. Look at this. Well, pe- people can't see it. I'm, I'm going to put this on the Instagram. And it says he was on 183rd Street. Ah, okay. Waiting well, for the 3rd Avenue bus. Stay off 183rd Street. Look at the sinkhole. I mean, it's just like oh, a freak thing. Man. He was just in the wrong spot, and it's dark down there. Oh, my God. That's like that show Fear Factor. I think I'd rather, that hole, I'd rather drop down that hole and die from the impact than have the rats. But well, then the rats will eat your body. Well, oh, God, it's awful. With rats or without rats, of course you would pick the one without the rats. Well, naturally, Heather. 
You'd rather not have rats ever. Do you want a letter, Frank? I've got a letter here from someone. Sure. That sounded, you kind of rhymed me. I this think. is from Bill. And Bill says, Dear Heather and Frank, I recently discovered... Hi, Bill. <laughs> that's, a, that's nice and friendly of you. I know. I feel like a lot of people we've been here... I, I don't want to interrupt you reading this letter, but a lot of people, we've gotten a lot of comments from people that say, I'm too grumpy or gruff. And We got one. One of those. No, no. We got a few. Oh, that's right. We did. And, and, and but they always say the same thing. They always say that you're so bright and lovely, and w- why am I so grumpy? Well, the fact that, is, if people were around here, they'd see the opposite. No, that I don't think they would. They would, Heather. The, they would Frank. see the. Oh my God! They would see a grumpy, gruff woman who rarely wears a smile, and a man who wakes up in the morning and is like, "Can I make pancakes?" Never. That and is you say, never. Uh, you have never once made pancakes. And and you say uh, never uh, once. This is what I get from you. Uh. Twenty years. Twenty years of marriage. You've never made pancakes. Dear Heather and Frank, I recently discovered your podcast. Randomly looking up random shit on the internet. And started binging it, like, all day with my roommate. I fell asleep listening to the one where Frank got hit by the bird. Any other near-death experiences? Okay, first of all, first of all. I wouldn't say that was a near-death experience. <laughs> no, well, I was going to say. Exaggerating. I was going to say just one more thing. You are gruff and I am happy around <laughs> this house. But I got to get the last word on that. But here's the thing. I didn't get hit by a bird, okay? I got hit by a huge, beastly vulture. And every time I run, and, and, and I, because I'm a creature of habit, as you can attest to, yeah. I run down that same hill every single day because I, I just, I have OCD. I do the same thing every freaking day. Mm-hmm. It's a curse. But every time I run by that exact spot, the exact spot that that bird vulture hit me, I, I mean, I freak out. Every day. It's the same yeah. thing. It's like Groundhog okay. Day. That wasn't really what he was asking. Okay. He is asking, have we had any other near-death experiences? I have, yes. I had a near-death experience. I actually had two in one summer. I'll tell you about one of them. Okay. Well, I, tell me which one. This t- would, t- Tell me which are the two, and then I'll tell you which one you should They both tell. happened in a, a summer that I was living in Idaho. I was living in Ketchum, Idaho. You had the pig. You had a pet pig there. We did. Uh, I'm going to tell you the first one that happened. My friend Amy and I, we, we had gone into town and we were walking back to where we were living at the time and there was like a bike path. And Amy had a bike, but I didn't have a bike and it was raining. So she was walking with me and we were walking along the side of the road, the same direction as the traffic. And I turned around and so it was me on the inside, then the bike and then Amy. And I turned around and I saw a big pickup truck coming at us and it was like on the shoulder, like coming right at us. And for some reason I thought... Oh, he's going to swerve. He's trying to scare us. I I don't know why that popped into my head. And then I turned back at the last minute and he was nearly hitting us. And I jumped over the bike. I grabbed Amy. The back of the bike swung out. He nailed the back of the bike. That tire flew like 150 feet. He stopped and he was wasted. And his girlfriend was in the car with him, the driver. And he said, oh, my God, oh, my God. He was freaking out. He said, I thought I hit a kid again. I hit a kid in in 72. I can't do that again. Jesus. And, yeah, so I almost died that. I almost died. That's really scary. Not only did I almost die, but I saved Amy's life. I don't think you ever told me that story. I can't believe I wouldn't tell you that story. Maybe you didn't. I just wasn't That's one of my good ones. Yeah. What's the other near-death one in Idaho? Oh, that one's kind of sad. A guy drove through town shooting people randomly shooting people and 
I was at that point I had a bicycle and I was riding my bike down this road and he had come down that road at the same time. The first person that he shot at was on the road that I was on. So he must have driven past me on that road. How old were you? I was 18. I'm sorry, but my mind immediately goes to like hot pants, like jean. Hot I was pants. not a hot pants and, person and a midriff, at all. The midriff top. No way. And, I was like a barefoot. Birkenstocks and baggy jeans and Patagonia. You won't allow me just to have the imagery of you at 18 riding a bike through Idaho with a hot pants and a midriff? Please? You can have that image. It was the exact opposite. Those are scary. Those are scary ass. Um, I think the guy with the gun is scarier than the guy yeah. drunk swerver. Yeah, but I didn't see him. Do you know what I mean? Like I didn't know right. until I got home and my roommates were all like cowering on the floor and they were like, get in the house, get in the house. And I guess on like the radio, they had said that this guy was driving through town. Like the first person that he shot was like two blocks from where we lived, one direction, and he shot someone else two blocks the other direction, they locked everybody in the restaurants and stuff. So now, nowadays, that's common. That that's you know, par for the course. Oh well, guy was shooting people. Yeah, carry on. Yep. Wow. Well, I hope we answered Bill's question. Yeah, I, you didn't answer if you had a near death experience, but maybe we can save that one. Well, yeah, I could tell the story about the. Um, I had two airplane incidents, like in a span of two months. Yeah, that's right. One one was an emergency landing without landing gear on a foamed runway on a tiny little Delta plane. And, and you the had to other jump down that slide. Had jumped down the slide. That but must then, have been a little bit fun, though, jumping down the slide. I was terrified. And I, and I still suffer PSP, PTSD from it. And then there was another one from, uh, at LAX where the plane, um, the plane uh, what do you call it? Um, um, I don't know. When a plane, um, when, when they get ready to, when, when you're in the plane taxiing, they... Um, what do they do to the plane to make it so it can fly? Oh, they pressurize it. Yeah, they, the plane depressurized. Thanks. Yesterday <gasps> oh. I couldn't remember the name, the, the word anxiety, and today I couldn't remember depressurized. The plane, while we were taxiing to getting ready to take off, the the the, the plane depressurized, and everybody's ears popped and shit came out of the particles came out of the oh my the, god the, the you know the air ventilators and. Um, all I remember is Ernest Borgnine was, I was in first class, of course, because I'm a major celebrity. And Ernest Borgnine, who I believe is no longer with us, was sitting across the aisle. And people freaked out. One guy r- ran from the back of the plane saying, it's a bomb, it's a bomb, it's a bomb. No. Oh, my God. And the, the stewardesses opened up the door. They did the slides Flight again. Flight attendants. And guess what? I'm sorry. Yeah, what, what is it, 1950? Flight attendants, of course. Um, and I looked back as I just before I went down the slide. Ernest Borgnine was still asleep. No way. Yep. Thanks for listening, everyone. Hey, everybody. Bye.